0: Welcome to the Northeast Community Church Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to know more about us, visit us on the web at necommunity.church. And so some of you guys know that we've been in the middle of this series, uh, that we've been talking about brokenness. Even though the stage design has changed, we're still in our broken series. I know sometimes we do the Advent, and some of you guys are like, well, it's Christmas season. We should be talking about Christmas stuff. I promise it's all about Christmas stuff. Amen. And so we've been talking about broken. And in week one, we learned that we are broken, that God has created us with a mission. But we, because we're broken, we don't achieve that mission. We don't move towards that mission because of sin and our brokenness. And then last week, we learned about we're in a world full of broken people and the world system opposes God. So the world system is broken. And a lot of us, we try to achieve certain things according to how the world system works, but we come up short and we get frustrated because the world is broken. Um, And so today we're going to talk about all of the broken people in the broken world, and what we come up with is broken relationships, broken relationships. And I don't know if you know this, but God puts a premium on good relationships. He puts a premium on good relationships. And so today, we're going to talk about how to deal with this word that comes into play when we deal with broken relationships. It's called conflict. 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 And in all honesty, if anybody's been honest in the room, we all have conflicts. If we live in a broken world, right? And so we deal with conflict. That doesn't mean that we deal with conflict well, but we all deal with conflict. I can remember one of my earliest memories. I've been telling you a lot of my childhood stories. But one of my earliest memories was based around this conflict. I was five or six years old. I don't remember how old I was. It was uh, pre-K, kindergarten around that time. And I had two buddies. I had two buddies in my class. We were like three peas in the pod. I don't know if it's supposed to be two peas, but it was three of us. It was three of us. And one of my friends' name was Charlie. And my other friend's name was Philip. It was Charlie, Philip, and Sean. Everywhere we met we, my buddies. We we were we ran the schoolyard. That was us. And I can remember one day another little boy, I don't remember his name because he's not really significant to the story because I wasn't really in a relationship with him. But he brought this toy to school that the teacher allowed him to bring onto the playground. And I was intrigued because it was shiny and I wanted to get a closer look at it. And Charlie and Philip didn't think I was supposed to go and go get a closer look at it. And when I went to go get a closer look at the toy and play with the toy for a few minutes, it could have been an hour, I don't know how long it was, but in my mind it was only a few minutes with this toy. I went back to tell my buddy Charlie and Philip about my experience. And they began to chase me. <laughs> they were mad at me because I went to go play with this other kid. I don't know if they had beef with this other kid. And I remember they started jumping me on the playground. We was only five years old. I mean, we were, hey, it was Blackshire. Anybody know what Blackshire is? It was over at Blackshire. And so they began to jump me on the playground. And I can remember Charlie had my arm, and I was punching Charlie. And I saw Philip come out of nowhere, and he just locked down on my arm. Bit me so <laughs> Philip broke skin. I can remember the teacher coming to give me. There was blood. She took me inside the room where they had the little sinks inside each classroom, and she put this uh, this uh, betadine, the, the 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 ugly soap. You know, the ugly soap. It looked like blood. He put. And I thought I was bleeding. More. Ah. Teacher asked me what happened. I said I don't know. Don't know what happened. I don't know. What they bit me. I was just going to play other boy name. I don't remember his name. Forgive me for not remembering his name because I grew up with Charlie and I actually graduated with Phillips, so I knew them for the rest of my life. And you know what? Our relationship was never the same. We had reconciled. We were cordial and friends but we weren't close friends no more because I won't let them bite me no more. And the teacher was asking me, what happened? What happened? And I was like, I don't know what happened. I, I, I just, and, then, and then you know, he said, well, just go outside. Said, Nowadays it'd probably be some paperwork and stuff like this. This is back in the 70s. They were like, listen, just go outside and play. <laughs> conflict resolved. <laughs> he said, Sean, why are you telling this weird story? Because no one teaches us how to deal with conflict. I Think they should teach us this. They still know the sex ed stuff in school, teach the kids how to do. Listen, teach us how to resolve conflict. Teach us how to communicate with one another. But the teacher was probably working on the page. She just said, just go back outside and play. I didn't even go to the principal, I didn't even go to the nurse. I just had some monkey blood on me and a wrap. She wrapped it up. I didn't get no tech shot, I don't know. But I never learned how to deal with conflict. And many of us in the room, you've never learned how to deal with conflict. Maybe because the person who was over you as a child and wanted you, uh, they were just tired and they just say, just get over it. And we don't get over it. They say time heals our wounds. No, it don't. Time makes some of us even more bitter. And God wants us to live in this broken world and learn how to deal with one another. Watch this. It's going to be participatory this morning. How many believers do we have in the house today? Show of hands. I usually say don't raise your hand, but how many people you are a follower of Christ? I usually don't do this, but okay, followers of Christ in the room. Okay, okay. How many of you would say that you're actively pursuing Christ and you want a closer walk with him? Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Okay, okay. And listen, if you're not here. And you're not a follower of Christ. We're glad you're here, and you're going to actually be able to learn something this morning as well. Watch this. How many of us have had conflict in the past year of your life, like a serious conflict in the past year of your life? Right? How many people had conflict just this morning on the way over here with the person with not raise your hand? I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. You sitting right next to me. You like mm-hmm. <laughs> drive crazy. We can say that many of us, we understand that there's conflict. It's common to everyone. There's no one on this planet that doesn't deal with conflict. I just told you, I was four, five years old having conflict. And God doesn't want us to deal with conflict because how many of you know that if you're still in that conflict, it's hindering your relationship with God? That's just. The truth of the matter. And I got a lot of scripture this morning because when I preach like this, some people be like, I don't know where he got that from. I'm going to show you exactly where I got it from. Watch this. Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 and 24. Matthew 5, verse 23 and 24. I'm going to catch 22 this morning. I can see down here, but I can't see up there. Okay, so if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there you remember that your brother has something against you. Not that you got something against your brother, but your brother has something against you. It says, leave your gift there before the altar and go. God is saying, go handle that immediately. Go handle that immediately. He says, first be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift to me. If we're not in right relationship with other people, our walk with God is hindered. And we can sit here all we want to and say, here I am to worship. And God is like, I'm not receiving your worship because you're intentionally in willful sin and you're not walking right with your brother. And some of you in your mind right now, I ain't even got to look at you in your face. You're saying, but you don't know what they did to me. You don't know how they act. They act a plumb fool all the time, and I'm supposed to get right with them, and God says, yes, get it right. And we're going to talk today about the things that we need to go through to get it right with our brother. Now, I'm not going to let you off the hook. It don't always work, but we at least need to give the effort. He said, leave your gift on the altar and then go achieve rightness with your brother, then come back and give your gift to me. The challenge is some of us, we don't even want to get it right. You don't did it one time too many to me, uh-uh, brother. And if we treated, if Jesus treated us the way that we treated other people, oh, Lord, we'd be in trouble. Oh, Lord, we will be in trouble. You'll say, well, that's just one scripture and that's just Jesus talking. Okay, let's look at 1 John 4.20. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he'll lie. The ESV say he is a liar. Sean version say he'll lie. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. Listen, let's not be liars and hypocrites in the church. Let's not sit up here and act like we love God and we walk with God and we're walking around hating people. God is not going to let it pass. And so what do we need to do as we interact with people? What does God want us to be like in this broken world? How does God want us to handle conflict? And what's the attitude behind us handling conflict that God wants? I'm going to tell you right now, Jesus gave it to us in the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5, verse 9. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. If we're actively going to walk with God and be sons and daughters of God, children of God, we have to have in our mind that we are on this planet to be peacemakers. Now, you can see why we're going through this series before Christmas time, because we're going to talk about him being the Lord of peace. And if we're going to follow him, we need to be peacemakers. Peacemakers. Well, here's a challenge to us being Peacemakers. (laughs) Many of us want to participate in peace, but we don't want to be the special person that makes peace. And the reason being, I'm going to tell you the reason why, I'm going to tell you the reason why most of your conflicts and most of your strife, I'm going to tell you the reason why. Are you ready for it? You. You. It's a three-letter word. If you've been to the psychologist, you know this word very well. It's called ego. Not let go of my ego, ego. A person's sense of self-esteem and self-importance. And the broken world system that we talked about last week tells us that we are important. I am somebody. And I understand the reason why the world would say that because some of us have low self-esteem and we go to the other extreme. But we are not more important than the next person. That word ego is derived from the Latin. You, see, you know the pastor preaching when he start going into the Latin. <laughs> the Latin word I. The problem is I am the center of my universe. Not Christ in me, but I am the center of my universe. Want to put some scripture on it? Okay, I'll do it. James 4.1. It says, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions uh, are at war within you? He says, what's causing all these fights? Some of y'all talking about people just always coming at me. And Jesus is saying, look in the mirror. Why do you think all this is going on in your life? Is it not the passions that are on the inside of you, warring against you? causing you to look at people sideways? We got too much ego. Look at your neighbor and say, you got too much ego. And then you say, well, who are you talking to? <laughs> that's what you said in your mind, right? He, he, that's just an example. You ain't got to get all in my face saying it. You're me truth in church. And God is asking us to be peacemakers within the relationships that we are in. Has anybody ever really thought about yourself as being a peacemaker? Right? Some of us, we just are, nah, nah, don't fight. Don't fight. Don't fight. But when they come against you, hey, wait, wait up, time out. I don't want you fighting Sarah. But don't get in my face, though, because I'm trying to help. Have you ever tried to break up a fight, then you ended up in the fight? <laughs> Anybody else? Try to break up a the fight, then that right hook hit you? Oh, hey, hey, I learned from a very early age, maybe three, four, five. Don't get in people's mess. <laughs> That's the world system. So if you want to be a peacemaker this morning, this is what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about being called to be a peacemaker and leaning into... Every conflict that comes into our life, every conflict that comes into our life, you're marked by God when you are a peacemaker. Watch this, James 3:18. I told you it's gonna be a lot of scripture this morning. I love this scripture. If anybody circle stuff in your Bible, circle, write this down, take a picture. This is good stuff. Watch this, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Say that again. A harvest of righteousness. Who wants to be right with God? Who wants to get a harvest of righteousness from God? If you want a harvest of righteousness, you have to understand that it is sown in peace. This is this is agricultural language. Any farmers in the house? Any people? A and M core people? Good. Not, somebody pointing. Somebody. Okay. No. Ain't no A and M. Ain't no farmer people in the house. We all go get our produce from the grocery store. Amen. But before it got to you on that H-E-B truck, there was somebody who had to sow into the ground. And when they sow into the ground, they receive more than what they sowed. You sow a tomato seed, you get a tomato vine. And what it's basically saying is when you sow peace, when you do the work of sowing peace, and listen, I ain't never been a farmer, but I've seen some farmers on TV. They look like hard work to me. First off, they wake up way earlier than I want to be up. And then they got to till the ground. they got to do stuff. And there's work involved, and they sow peace, and righteousness comes out. That's what the Bible's saying. You get what you sow. That's a biblical, that's a biblical concept. You reap what you sow. And if you want to harvest the righteousness, you have to sow peace. You have to be a peacemaker. That's what Jesus came to do. Jesus was in the world, not condemning the world, but reconciling the world back to God. And the Bible says that therefore we are, are ambassadors of that peace. I know you thought your Christian walk was about getting on social media and blasting everybody who's not a Christian. Sorry, boo-boo. If you are in truth and you're not sowing truth and peace, then you are in the wrong. If you're not trying to reconcile people to God, if you're supposed to, if you're just standing on your I'm not gonna stand up and my knees ain't doing good today, but if you own on your high tower, act like this is a high tower, y'all. And you're looking down on people because you learned something about God in Sunday school, you're wrong. You're not a peacemaker, you're an agitator, you're a peace faker. And I found most of the time that people who sit on their high horse and do that to other people, they got some turmoil on the inside of them. And to make themselves feel better, they tear other people down. As if God has given them some kind of special blessing. Just because they know something that he revealed to you. What? You don't get no brownies for me teaching you something and you understanding what I just taught you. I'm going to move on because some of y'all are looking at me scowling. Take my glasses back off. Watch this. You are called to be a peacemaker. And watch this. Here's some misconceptions about. One. Peacemakers don't make peace in times of peace. Because ain't no peace to be made. This is common sense. There is conflict. And that's when peacemakers step in. There's conflict. Secondly, it doesn't mean that you sweep whatever the challenge is under the rug. Because a lot of us like to do that. Listen, 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 listen. Let's just not fight and let's not talk about it either. If you're peacemaking like that, you ain't making peace. You hiding stuff. You're moving stuff around. You're rearranging deck chairs on a Titanic. It's going down, and you just trying to make it look like everything going to be okay. Play another song. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is a broken world. Some of us in relationships right now, and I, it, it seems like it always happens in marriages, like one person want to talk about it, and the other person just don't want to talk about it. And then you wonder why 10, 20, 15 years down the road, there's this big old blow up, because you've been hiding, and you've been yelling the whole time. And there's so much hurt in the relationship by this point because we just haven't been dealing with it. I wish somebody would have taught me in kindergarten how to deal with conflict. Because this is the most important lesson you're going to learn. Listen, peacemakers, it doesn't mean um, that you seek to appease the other person. It doesn't mean that you just feel like, you know what, I'm just going to be, I I just want to appease you. Now you're an enabler. You're allowing this other person to just act a fool all the time, and especially if we're Christians. I am my brother's keeper. I'm enabling you to act a fool, and I'm enabling you. And uh, Don't let nobody walk all over you. Yeah, there's some tension here because God tells us to lay down our lives for our brothers. But here's the other part of it. Listen, you're not to enable the brother. We're going to talk about some of that today, too. It doesn't mean that we compromise on God's truth. Pretend like God didn't say nothing about it. Amen. Oh man. So here's the question, and here's where we're going to jump off this morning. How do we sow peace? I'm just sort of some of you asking. Okay, that's good, Pastor. You know, maybe you've convicted me, convinced me with all those scriptures and stuff. How I do it? How do I do it? Well, first off, you need to approach that individual that you have conflict with, or that conflicting situation, in humility. In. Humility. What does that mean? First, I pray and examine my heart. Because most conflict is not one sided. Even if it's lopsided, it's not one sided. You had something to do with some of the stuff that went on when it went on. Most of the time, listen, there's different types of individuals in the world. And I talked about this before. I got this from another one of my mentors. I talked to about him all the time. I love Chip Ingram. And Chip Ingram talks about all these different ways that we overcome emotions that destroy. Some of us are stuffers. Something happens, and we just stuff it in, and we become passive aggressive. And the passive aggressive people try to act like they didn't have no part in it. <laughs> they get offended, and they walk around just... <sighs> Slamming doors and slamming cabinets and even you know, what's the matter with you? Nothing. Mm. <laughs> well, everybody in the house is miserable because you're being passive aggressive. You don't it in and you act like you're not mad. You're like you don't have no part in the conflict. And then there are other people. they are exploders. <laughs> Look around the room. See where my exploder's at. <laughs> Exploders and stuffers are both, listen to this, they're both very sensitive people. We try to act like we're not sensitive, we're sensitive. You touch our emotions just a little bit, and we just—we—we we, we go into our mode. Watch this. Uh, 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 uh. What's that man's name? I forgot his name. I'm going to quote him anyway. He said there's two types of people in the most relationship. They're skunks and turtles. I think Rick Warren, skunks and turtles. Skunks and turtles. When a skunk is offended, they stink the place up. will stink the place up. When a turtle's offended, he'll go in his shell. And he's trying to hurt you because he's going in the shell. You don't get the pleasure of looking at me no more. <laughs> you can't see no parts of me. I'm in my shell. And while they're in their shell, they just stewing. The skunk done got the stank out. He over it. I talk about some relationships in the house. Some of y'all got skunks and turtles in your house. The skunk then got the stank out. We good. You want to go play basketball or something? I don't let you know what was on my mind. I got it all. That's called ego. I don't talk about yourself. You don't in your shell. You went in your shell. That's your fault. You should have told me about myself. You didn't. That's how you wired. Okay. Now can we go out to eat? And then the turtles sit at the table the whole time, and they're just miserable. We should have just stayed at home. I spent $75 taking you out, and you acting like this. And then you get home, and you have another one. Right? Because we didn't resolve the issue. And the issue most of the time is I'm thinking about myself. I'm not thinking about you. You're just here. You're just along for the ride. It's about me and God, not about you. And so we have to be humble. Say, be humble. Sit down somewhere. (laughs) I know somebody's going to bring a rap song into it. You have to understand your brokenness. And because you're broken, you walk around and you do stuff to other people, even though you're not trying sometimes, and sometimes you are trying, you walk around and you mess stuff up too. My grandma used to say, yo, boo-boo stink too. I don't know why she said that. Everybody boo-boo stink, but I don't know. You need to look at the beam in your own eye. Walking around here looking at everybody else and talking about everybody else. You need to look at the beam in your own eye. You need to approach this thing in humility. Watch this. Philippians 2, 3. Got more scripture. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Conceit is selfish pride. Don't do things out of pride. Don't do things out of your ego. Think more highly of others than you think of yourself. God, I'm so convicted at the sermon today. I'm not talking to y'all out of my ivory tower. I have to live this stuff too. And I know, as a matter of fact, I told you a story last week about the lady of the light. I won't repeat it, but I know I got ego. But God is calling me to be a peacemaker. So what is this going to do? We need to own our part. We need to understand I'm in a broken world. You're in a broken world. We're all broken in this world. And I may have did something that even though I don't justify the way that you reacted, I may have did something to cause you to react that way because of the way that you were brought up, because of your hurt, because of things going on. And so now I'm starting to think about others more highly than myself. Listen, I'm sorry. My wife is real good at this. She'd love it when I lose her an example. My wife is real good at saying she's sorry, but I'd be like, what you sorry for? <laughs> Don't just tell me you're sorry. I got ego. I got to get the last word in. That's <laughs> it. She got to get the last word because she just said amen. See, so she had the last word in. We need to watch our egos. We need to watch our words. Somebody said, Sticks and stones break my bones, but words would never hurt me. That was a lie they taught us in kindergarten. That's how they told us how to deal with conflict. That teacher said, What are they saying to you? They said, My mama, sticks and stones might. But, teacher, it hurts. I used to act out last year. I used to fight on that. Like, people used to talk about my mama because my mama was addicted to drugs and I turned to a teenager. And I started punishing people talking about my mama. I was going to be the judge, the jury, and the executioner. And so we would get Anybody play, you, 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 John on the back of the bus. You talk about mama, you play the dozens. We'd be on the back of the bus. everybody be going. And then somebody let my mama slip out. Oh, they knew it was over. Because it hurt me. It hurt me. And now I'm going to hurt you. And I would play along. I would ride them until they couldn't take it no more. Then they want to fight and I was ready for that. I've been wanting to do that all night. Words hurt. I know they hurt. And especially when they come from people that are supposed to love us, married couples. Stop pushing each other's buttons. Because the Bible even goes further when it talks about married couples. It says that when you are at odds with each other, God doesn't hear your prayers. And Lord, I just need a breakthrough. God said, you just need to go talk to your wife. I haven't heard the prayers. I'm just not answering. Because you're trying to be the man. I know you thought it was easy. It ain't easy. And single people say, oh, Lord, thank you. <laughs> Watch. Your words. Amen. Secondarily, how do we sow peace? We actively listen. No, I say actively listen. Some of y'all in the room, y'all are mediators and like, you know, y'all do stuff. Y'all be like, yep, you need active listening. That means you're making eye contact. You're engaging. I'm bad at that. Because I don't like conflict. I don't. I'm not. I don't like conflict. Y'all might say, Sean, you handle conflict so well. I fake it. Yeah. I fake it. I don't like it. I don't like people. I don't like it. I'd rather just avoid it. <sighs> but God's calling us to be peacemakers. Peacemakers. And so sometimes. You gotta sit there and you gotta actively listen. Sometimes you gotta actively listen for hours. <laughs> I see the husband's doing like this, and the wife's going, uh huh. Yeah. Get all of it out. Remember that time when you were 16 years old? We just met each other. Yeah, that time. He <laughs> was over by your locker. I remember. What, what did I do? Actively. Listen. You listen by starting with their needs. We're making people more highly. Uh, and listen, if everybody just did this, it'd be a great world. We fixed the broken world system, but we're not going to do it. And so we just, we need to learn how to do it, though. You start with their needs. You start with their needs. You start with their needs. Say that three times, it sinks in, right? Watch this, James 119. He says, know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, is actively listening, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Some of us are quick to anger because we are emotionally messed up. We're easily riled up. I got people who be sending me stuff. They they get riled up by a meme on the internet that came from Babylon B. And I say, if you keep reading down the site, you see a satire. You ever see somebody like that? They be forwarding stuff to you. They be mad about it. You see what they doing now? They are aborting kids at 12 years old. When you quote the source, the world, they just make me so mad. You seen them? Easily manipulated. If your emotions are like that, you're easily manipulated. Easily manipulated. But listen, we should be slow, we be quick to hear, actively listen, do your research. Slow to speak. Let me talk about it for a little bit. I need to just tell you about it. Just blah, 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 blah. Bite your tongue sometimes. The Bible tells us that if somebody is caught up in sin that is not unto death, pray for them. Try that. Before you open your mouth, say a prayer. I know, it don't, I, I, I know it don't say it in the Bible, but listen, it's practical. Before you open your mouth, say a prayer. A sincere prayer. Not, Lord, don't let me go off up in here. No, not that, not that a prayer. <laughs> say a sincere prayer. Oh, the anger. We got it flipped around. We quick to anger, quick to speak, and we don't ever hear what you got to say. Even while you're talking, I'm thinking about what I'm going to say next. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay, okay, well, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. You don't listen like that. We shouldn't listen like that. We know we listen like that. So let each of you look not only to his own interests but also to the interests of others. Watch this. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ. He's saying, listen, concerning every conflict or every situation that you're in, have the mind of Christ. <laughs> Pretend like Jesus is right there. You knew you wouldn't be acting no fool if Jesus was right there. Some of us might be acting a fool with Jesus right there. We might be having a Peter. I'm going to chop his ear off Jesus for you. <laughs> Act like Jesus is right there. Act like you're indwelled by the Holy Spirit. Even if you don't believe it, act like it. Act like God is watching you. You know, I tell you, I've been reading this book. It's called um, uh, 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 Imagine Heaven. And it's talking about people who have near-death experiences, and they stand before God, and their whole life flashes before them. I start trying to think about that moment in the moment. So that when I arrive at the moment, God can say, you thought about me in that moment. I know it sounds like this matrix type stuff. You get all caught up in it. It's cool, though. Don't, don't think about it too hard. So I'm living my life for the moment that I stand before God. And I want him to say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. I don't want him to say, man, I still forgive you, but you acted a fool that whole time. Did all that stuff, let's live lawlessly and then say, God, gonna forgive me. Don't do that. I get sidetracked sometimes. Who, though he was in the form of God, watch this, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself. This is Jesus. By taking the form of a servant. Some of us need a servant type attitude. Being born in the likeness of men. Listen, that was humbling of itself because Jesus was God. He had to step into this broken world and deal with broken affairs when he all the time before he dealt with these affairs as God. Now he has to deal with these affairs as a man. But he did it to serve us. Being born in the likeness of man and being found in human form. Watch this. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on the cross. If Jesus is willing to, To lay down his life for us, why aren't we willing to lay down our pride for others? Sean, but you just don't understand what they done said. I don't understand. And if you need me to jump into the middle of it, we're going to get some scripture later. I can jump into the middle of it and help you understand. But you got to get it right. And some of us are wondering why we can't go. No, I've been trying. I'm just, I'm just trying to get closer to God, and I'm trying to do this. I'm reading my Bible, and I'm praying. And, I, and, I, and these same things just keep on happening because you, you, there's a monkey on the line. You thought serving God was about the stuff that you do. Serving God is about the stuff that he told you to do, not the stuff that you do. And first and foremost, he said, get it right with your brother. Get it right with your brother. All right, I'm going to jump off that one. How do I sow peace? I align around God's truth. If there's another believer, especially, what is God's truth? How can we align around God's truth? Because we can tell a story from two sides of a coin, your perspective and my perspective, and both perspectives could be wrong. Let us go to what's right. A lot of us don't want to do that. We want to keep ourselves in the world system, what the, the world says. Right? My mama, my mama taught me. And we train our kids that way on the playground. That's why them boys jump me. We train our kids. Don't let nobody bother you. You punch them in the mouth, then you go tell the teacher. And by the time the teacher got it, we can't handle the conflict. Align yourself with God's truth. Watch this. Finally, brethren, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, and tender heart, and humble. Oh, I didn't give you out the scripture. Did I? I'll give you out the scripture in a second. Philippians two. Back to Philippians two. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. How did my slides soul- get out of order? Yeah. First Peter three, sorry, we seek to align around God's word. we speak truth and love, watch this, continue to watch our words. we do not tear a person down. First Peter chapter three eight through eleven Finally, all of you have unity of mind sympathy, brotherly love, and a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you are called that you may obtain a blessing. When somebody coming at you sideways, conflicted, bless them. I don't think Jesus knows he wrote this. I think Peter was drinking that day. This is the part of the Bible he's going to skim over. Somebody coming at me sideways, bless them. Somebody talking crazy to you, bless them. So don't go word for word with them. That's the problem. We got to get the last word. We got to go word for word, and that's not sowing peace. That's sowing discord. Listen, Christians, we should be some of the most. We should be some of the coolest people in the world. You know what? We don't miss it. A lot of us think our power is in our words when we're, especially when we're quoting the word. We want to be the loudest people in the room. Ah, cast them out. Blah, blah. We need to be loud, Christians. Situation going on Somebody like we need to come into them and show them how much Bible we know and talk. Listen, as Christians, I think we should be more like, I like mafia movies. You ever see the Dons in the mafia movies? They cool. But when they speak, everybody listen. They don't do a lot of talking. They're not even the loudest one in the room. It might be, you know, I'm talking mafia movies. It might be Guido in the corner, the big dude talking all the noise. Ah, ah," Dude just sitting in the corner. He's the tiniest one in the room, too. He's just looking. He do his hand like this, and everybody just shut up. (laughs) Right? And when he gives a blessing, that's when stuff moves. We should do more of this. If you're not, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, I'm touching my ears. And less. Address. More listening and less speaking. It's because when we listen. That's when God's able to show up and God is able to speak. We always act like we got to be the ones doing all the talking. I wish I had some people in here that understood that. Y'all be shouting and saying, amen, glory, hallelujah, I ain't going to talk that much. <laughs> but we like the sound of our own voice. We like sounding important. Reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. So you were called to bless people who talk crazy to you. You know that? What does that sound like? A peacemaker. <laughs> for whoever desires to love life And see good days. Let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil. And do good. Let him seek peace. And pursue it. I don't know about y'all, but I think I'm making a pretty compelling case for being peacemakers this morning. It's all over the scripture. Sometimes you be reading the Bible like, man, how do I, like, I done seen this, but how did I not seen this? (laughs) What have I been doing in my life? I believe this is why people see the church and see what we call in the Greek hypocritos. I don't know what's called in the Greek. <laughs> I have no idea what's called in the Greek. <laughs> it's called hypocrites. Because maybe they got a nightstand Bible, and maybe they flipped it open one day, and maybe they started reading going, that don't look like them folks that be going to church on Sunday morning. That don't look like the person on my job. And their whole desk is just filled with just scriptures and screensavers about how much Jesus. And then when they don't get their check like everybody ain't got their check, they in line acting a fool like everybody else. My friends, when we're hanging out and we're in a discussion, and you're discussing the same things that we're discussing, you just as mad as we are. Or I got on your social media and I saw your profile and you look just as angry as everybody else. I'm your next door neighbor and these walls are thin in these apartments. And I hear y'all loud as us over here when y'all get mad. Help us, Lord. Let's say finally, number four. How do you sow peace? This is the big one. Forgive. Unforgiveness is not an option. As a matter of fact, Jesus said that if you want forgiveness, you got to extend forgiveness. Because if you don't extend forgiveness to your brother, I won't forgive you. Do y'all see how big relationships is with God? We talk about it all the time. Love your neighbor as yourself and love God. Those are the big two. The big two. You get those big two. Like everything else is written, you can, those are the big two. But we want to get on the bigger and better things, and we want to get in and see what. Man, did you see how this word, if you look at it, and if you look at it backwards, like if you look at that word backwards, it spells something else, and that means you're being too deep. This word got seven letters in it, and if seven letters, it means you're being too deep. Now, I'm not saying don't do that. If you have fun doing that, have fun doing that. But what is, how is that helping you be a peacemaker? How is that helping you? All right. No matter what you discuss in your peace accord, your peace meeting, you got to let the person off the hook. Even if you go with a humble heart, even if you go actively listening, Even if you go aligning yourself in God's truth and they still say, I don't like you, you got to let them off the hook. Okay, you got to forgive. Even if they say, I don't accept your forgiveness. But I put it out there. You leave leave it on the floor if you want to. But I'm not going to allow even this outburst to make me look at you differently. I'm not going to allow this to hinder our relationship now, you do, you might not want to engage in the relationship, but I'm not going to allow it to hinder the relationship. If you call me, I'm still there. If you need me, I'll be there. But I'm not going to allow ill feelings towards you because of this. Now let me tell y'all something that's hard, y'all. I know. And as we actively listen, we understand that it's not just to gain information, but it's to pray. As we actively listen to a person's hurt, I'm making mental notes. I'm going to pray for that because I'm thinking more highly of that person than I ought to. Why am I doing that? Romans 15. No, let me hold on. I have an Oswald Chambers quote. I love Oswald Chambers. Anybody love Oswald Chambers? It said discernment is not God's call. Discernment is God's call to intercession, never to fault finding. Some of we got, I got a gift of the intercession. I just saw something inside them and it just wasn't right. Pray for them then. Stop gossiping about them, telling everybody about what you found about that person. Ain't nobody else noticed it. You noticed it. And then you got to tell everybody what you noticed because you got a gift. Romans 15. We who are strong are to bear with the shortcomings of the weak and not to please ourselves. If you feel like you're strong and you actively listen and you are able to go and forgive and that person's not able to forgive, bear them. Now, listen, that don't mean that y'all hang out buddy-buddy. It doesn't mean that. But you still bear their weaknesses. Everybody who raised your hand earlier by having a conflict in this last year, I hope you're praying for the person that you had a conflict with. Especially if the conflict is hard. Hope you're praying for them. Now listen, as a as a pastor and as an elder, I've seen people in this church execute what, what what the Bible tells us to do. If you have out with somebody, you go to that person, and that person didn't hear to you, and then you went and you got a brother or a sister and you went with that person and that person still went here. And then I to the progression when People come to the church. But that's how important it is. Well, I ain't gonna do all that. I don't know. I told them once. How'd you tell them? I texted them. And they left me on unread. I'm through. Don't do that. Forgive them. Forgive them. What I just said, if all that doesn't work, invite other peacemakers. Get another brother or a sister who you know ain't going to go in there and blow up the spot. See, sometimes we go get people that we know gonna be on our side. So we, so say some jump off. You got the gun. What you doing? <laughs> Just in case they jump off, I'm taking Ryan. He a black belt. <laughs> He'll kick somebody in the face. Don't be doing that. Go get somebody who's gonna pray the night before. Yes, I'm, go- and they are they, they are actively pursuing peace. And go to the person and say, hey, there's conflict here. Remember, it might not necessarily be your conflict, but it's conflict with them. Hey, listen, I, I, I understand you got something against me. Listen, forgive me. I ain't forgiving you. Okay. You're a Christian, right? You belong to church? Okay. Come here, son. Come on. Let's go. So me and SJ are here now. And we talking about what you, like you said, you weren't going to forgive me, but listen, it's important to me. And don't just be, I'll back up. Don't do that. <laughs> the relationship is important. So I'm bringing another brother who loves you equally. And we want to get right. Like, 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 give him the word. Listen, God is saying that our prayers are ended when we going through this. Man, I know you love God. So I don't want to talk to neither one of y'all. Come on, church. So you got a wise, older gentleman. <laughs> Me, SJ, and the church. I'm going to pretend you're an elder for a second, okay? Because you're elder, but you know what I mean. <laughs> so the church is speaking to you now. Listen, brother, like, we, we want you to come along with us. We want you to be good. We want you to show up to church and your prayers to be heard. And listen, if you can't like reconcile, what, what's the issue? What's going on? How, how can we get deeper? I don't want to know y'all. I can go sit down. I can go sit down. They can go sit down too, but you're going to sit down. Matthew 18. If he he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen to even the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. That don't mean you don't love them no more. But they're not in fellowship no more. I know that's hard. Some of y'all going, oh, did the Bible say that? Let's just your my interpretation. Let them be to him as a Gentile and a cash collector. The Bible talks about giving them over to Satan so that Satan might deal with their ego. We don't do that no more. Well, y'all, y'all, y'all just don't get along. You just sit on that side of the church. You sit on that side of the church. This is how important it is to God. And now I know. Nowadays, it really don't work the way that it used to work, cause the church on every corner. Back in the day when this was written, listen, you have the church. Uh, uh, you can't go down the street to Mount Calvary Missionary Baptist, or up the street to you know the Pentecostal Church, or down there to the church just like this church. But just, just, him and this pastor used to be friends, and now they don't get along. But the same church, play the same music. You can't, you couldn't do that back then. Now we just, we just, we just skip to another church. They put me out that church. <laughs> I, I, you know what, me and Ryan, Ryan I'm gonna, we're gonna talk about this later. We should put a database together, <laughs> and all the pastors can log on. And when you have a meeting, put their picture and everything. You see them come through the door? Nah, bro, turn around, go back to your church, get it right. We're <laughs> <laughs> not gonna do that. I'm just joking. I'm serious. And I'm not saying there's no reason to leave another church. I know there's church. Some some pastors be wild. I sit in tables with some of them. I know. They be wild. I know. I be wild sometimes, too. I'm human. But this is how important God feels that this is, that you get in the right relationship. Seriously, he's talking about putting people out of the church for conflict. We don't got to worry about that, though, right? We leave before we even get to that and we're running, and we don't understand we're not running from the situation. We're not running from the carpet on the floor. We're not running from the pastor says something, and he just had a weak moment, and he says something stupid. We're not running from that. We're running from God. Treat him as a Gentile cackler. But watch this. I love this if. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault. I think those scripts got <laughs> out of the thing. Between you and him alone. If he listens, you have gained your brother. I think we are so individualistic as Christians. I don't need no brother. I listen to my podcast. I go to my small group. We have a couple questions. I bounce right at the end. Like we I don't I don't need I don't like we feel like we can be self sustained Christians. We can just live in our little pods. It's not important to have a brother. It's not important to have a sister. I can come and I can get a word and I can sustain all on my own. And some of us, we're dormant and we're stagnant in our walk because we're stuck in our brokenness all alone. The scripture tells us that we are the body of Christ. I'm going to sing a Hezekiah Walker song. I need you. You need me. We're all a part of God's body. Right? So he gets stumped. I feel it right here in my eyeball. Anybody ever been to the doctor and they talk about amputating stuff? You want all your stuff. They say you don't even need that. Your spleen or whatever. I don't know, stuff in there. You don't you don't need that? Yes, I do. God gave it to me. You don't go and get it. I need it. Just take every, and if you don't listen, take somebody else with you. Why? So every charge can be established. So we can get out and open now. It's not just hear he say, she say. Because we're trying to establish truth, right? It's not he say, she say. We're not just taking people who are going to agree with us. We're going to take spiritual people. Let's talk through it. Because God's trying to persuade us about some things. We're so caught up, like I said, individual Christianity, individual, your interpretation, my interpretation. Like, I love the Internet. I love that we live in a globalized society and that information is always available to us. But the challenge with that is there's so much information available to us. You know, yeah, what, what they say is at an all-time high. You know what they say. Who's they? You, ever just, you know what they say. Hey, you ever been talking to somebody and they say what they say and it, it was you that said it? <laughs> they say it came all the way back around. I said that to you. <laughs> you get so much information, you don't know who talking to you no more. That was me. I told you last Tuesday. You had on the red shirt. But they say, and I'm researching, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm on Wikipedia, because we know Wikipedia is reliable. <laughs> and I can go on Google, and I can go on YouTube, and I can, I can find somebody on YouTube to tell me whatever I want to hear. And the Bible says in the last days that they will bring unto themselves, because they, they have itching ears, people will teach them the things they want to hear. I t- Jay, I told you it said that. I only have to go like through the 17th page, page of Google to find it. But it say it on a whole light coast page with black background and pink letters was 1984. That dude don't even maintain that data no more. <laughs> Found that page. I'm sorry, this is the last rabbit trail, I promise. But he it says it'll be established with the witness of three, like three, like, like we're all coming together and we're fellowshipping and we're saying, no, no, no. We're trying to find what's right. So now they're just thinking, I'm wrong, and you, because we couldn't do the conflict alone. Now we got to get an intermediary, and the churches of say. But when we get to that point, we're probably so embarrassed by that point we walk away. But we got to understand we live in a broken world, and conflict is not bad. Unresolved conflict is bad. It's the most important thing you're going to learn. Let's get them all up on the screen one more time, around before we ask the worship team to grow up, come up. We'll conclude this series next week. There'll be a transition after that, but next week we're going to talk about broken gods. But this is vitally important right here. This is utterly important. And so how do I sow Peace. I approach the individual with humility. I actively listen. I align around God's truth. I forgive. And if all else fails, I invite other peacemakers into the equation. And if you haven't done all of that with your conflict, and I know some of the people that are conflict. they might go to different churches or whatever. But if you haven't done all of that or even got halfway down the line with the conflict, that conflict is still unresolved. It's still unresolved. And so for the next few minutes, I want you to, and I, and I took everybody's name down. I got a mental check in my head. and no, I'm fine. But if you raise your hand while I go about conflict and it's still unresolved, listen, I want you to pray about that conflict right now. Before you get up from that table, I mean from the table, before you get up from these chairs, and walk out and go have a great lunch at Chili's or Bojangles or wherever you go. Before you forget about it, because I know I'm very forgettable. Tomorrow morning you'll be like, what did you talk about yesterday? <laughs> Spend the next few moments with God. And pray, God, help me to understand what I need to do about this relationship. And if you've done everything, pray for that person. Because if they got to the end of this and other peacemakers were brought in and they still didn't want to reconcile, something's hurting on the inside of them. And so humility, pray for that person. I believe this is what God will have us doing this season, church. that we might grow and we might see what God is leading us to do as a church but we got to be whole we got to be healthy thank you for listening if you would like to know more about us please visit us at anycommunity.church